up, everybody? How are you doing? How are you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees coming down to break down week nine of the NFL season. Trees, we haven't talked in a couple days. I know after last episode we said we need to talk more. Life happens. It didn't happen. You know, this weekend of football, though, like there wasn't much excitement going on, so there wasn't like we missed out on much talking. So us talking here for the podcast today is us talking since our last episode. Forget about us not being any better at it. But, I mean, it was it was week nine of football. We're here. Uh, you know, we've, we're past the halfway point in the NFL season. We're starting the second half fresh. And some teams picked up a win to get back on track, and other teams didn't. You know, some teams are still dealing with COVID tests. Uh, Big Ben has ended up on the COVID list due to Vance McDonald uh, testing positive. Um, so just to kind of start out there and for me to keep going, before we do that, let's just start with Tree Sivia because that's something we haven't done in a bit as well. And I'm just now realizing it as Trees is screaming on the other side, Tree Sivia, Tree Sivia, Tree Sivia. And one more thing before you even talk, I noticed the beard's growing back out. Looks good, man. The beard is growing back out. You are right. Uh, that's what happens about this time of year. But actually, I may shave it off tonight. I don't know. I'm. I don't know if I'm really into it this year. I I, I like fully embraced it last year, and it got pretty long, as you saw in Mobile. Uh-huh. But like, I don't know. I I just haven't fully gotten into it this year. So it might shave. I don't know. We'll see. I know. I know we have a pandemic going on. But are you planning on coming to Mobile again? Uh, I don't know, man. Like that's a tough one. Like just because of that. I mean, I, yeah, I, I actually don't even know, like, I don't even know if it's going to happen, right? Like, I, I could legit see them, like, if they're only letting, like, 20% of people, like, go to the Super Bowl, like, how are they going to let actual people, like, a ton of groups go to Mobile? Yeah, that's a really, really good point. You know? I mean, sure. Like, I would love to, because I'd love to hang out with you, Matt, and Mello again. That was a blast. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's weird that we're asking and talking about this here while everybody is listening rather than us talking about it one-on-one. But, hey, that's how we go. Um, so, yeah, like you said, though, Trisivia, I'm super excited about this one. Um, did some research and uh, ready to do it. So, question is, do you have a pen and paper or, um, you know, your laptop where you can type some stuff in? Oh, of course, yeah. All right, perfect. So I'm going to have four players, um, and there he goes to yep. go to pen and go paper. Pen and is what's going to be needed here. <laughs> i got to hold a mic <laughs> and do it. Yeah, it's going to be a little difficult. Yeah. Luckily, you can kind of put that mic down, and you can just write it, and then you can just tell me if I need to repeat anything, but I'll go slow. So here is where we are at as i am patiently waiting for him to grab a pen no no go ahead go ahead okay so i have passing yards passing tu- okay. passing touchdowns interceptions completions uh sorry completion percentage and games played those are the five stats that we're going to go off of okay that is so simple okay Appreciate that. So, number one, uh, let's go with passing yards is going to be 1,659. Okay. Touchdowns, 11. Interceptions, 8. Completion percentage, 62.4. And games played, 7. Okay. Okay. Next player. Nine, 1,988 yards, okay. seven touchdowns, four interceptions, 56.8 completion percentage, and eight games played. Player okay. three, 2,146 yards, so 2,146 yards, uh, okay. 17 touchdowns. Five interceptions, 66.7 completion percentage. Um, And sorry, did I say games played there? No, not yet. Seven. Seven games played there. Okay. And then last one. Yep. 2,272 yards, 11 passing touchdowns, five interceptions, 67 completion percentage on the dot, 67 exactly. Hmm. And then... Eight games played. 
Okay. Tell me in the order you would take these players. The order that I would take them. So, um, what I like to look off is the amount of touchdowns that have been thrown compared to the interceptions. Um, they're all right there around four or five. And then you, when you look at the touchdown amount um, and the completion percentage, this person or this player, excuse me, has 66.7%, which is in second place out of all those. They are tied for second with interceptions, but they lead in interceptions, and they are then, are then second in yards. So that is who I would take. So I player three, according to this list, is who I would take first. And then I would take player two. Yes, they have more yards, but they have less touchdowns, same amount of interceptions, and a .3 percentage better um, in completions, and they've played one more game. So that's also another difference tale right there. So I would take that player. And then I would go to player three. Um, even though they have thrown four more interceptions, they also have a better completion percentage and more touchdowns thrown. To me, that shows this is probably more of a pass-heavy offense. And then I would go player two. Okay, so your order is player three, four, one, two. Yep. Okay. All right. So one thing I did not say is because I thought it would give it away a little bit is – this is these players' first either seven or eight games played. Oh, buddy. So the two that started out with, or the two that have played seven games, did not start their rookie year opening day. The other two did start as rookies opening day. So um, my next question to you is, can you guess these players? <clears throat> Uh, the player that I picked for number one is Justin Herbert. You are correct. Okay. Okay. Um, the player that I picked for number two is Joe Burrow. Correct. Okay. And their first time playing, so I'm trying to think of where else we're at. So, <clears throat> first year starting, then the NFL. Um... Just bear with me. I'm thinking they're clearly rookie quarterbacks. No, they don't have. They're not necessarily rookies, are they? No, they're not. What? But this is their first seven games they've ever played. Yes. Yes. I will tell you, they are very young in their careers. Are they carrying over from last year? Or is it only this year? Um, these starts. These starts are from. Their rookie year, so none of them are this year. Oh, you sly dog. So Drew Locke is going to be on this list. He's not. What? Uh. What? I actually thought about doing, and I'll give this one away. I thought about adding uh, Drew Locke and Gardner Minshew into this just to throw it, but I'm like six players is way too much. So... Um, you're right, <laughs> but, but just put like, take that into consideration. What I just said there, right? Like I didn't choose two guys from last year. So who else was from last year? I mean, within last year, I mean, I'm look, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm looking at starting quarterbacks right now, which makes us, makes me feel even worse about this because <clears throat> Just, I mean, Kyle Allen's not on there. He's not. You talked about Daniel Jones. Go ahead. No. Yes. Daniel Jones is on this list. Gosh dang it! He's the third one, isn't he? He is who you pick third, correct? God dang it! <laughs> I had to do this because of all of that talk about Daniel Jones on Mic'd Up today. Uh, oh, I knew you were listening to. I knew it. <laughs> so, um, so who's that fourth uh, player? Who did you take? Who was last? Kyler of, Murray. Kyler Murray is on that list. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So if we went off of basically the first half of a year of somebody starting, <laughs> uh, Kyler Murray is ranked last for you out of those four. So, oh, um, fuck. so what I'm getting at is you are a Daniel Jones fan. And um, when you guys are talking about naming worst quarterbacks, I mean, Kyler Murray's there. The, I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding, bud. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Given, given if I did the last eight games, um, I think this would have been a very easy, easy comparison, and Daniel Jones would have yeah. been last. But I wanted to try to make this interesting for you. Wow. I do like my list, though. Like, I am happy with the order that I have, even knowing their names. Yeah, for sure. Um, it just shows how freaking good Herbert and Burrow are playing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <clears throat> When I was doing like this. the records don't match it, of course. Of course not. But those guys are playing amazing football right amazing. now. Amazing. For rookies. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Sorry, you you are gonna hear my kid as he walks by right hey now. But hey, you know, hey, that's what you, that's what you get for doing a podcast out and about. Does so. he want to come hang out? Just um, bring him on. No, he's. I think he's about to go out to the swimming pool or something. So, hey, bud. Swimming pool. Yeah. Oh, I'm in down south and. Utah, Southern Utah. So, oh. um, all right. Well, let's get going. Let's uh, let's talk about. Let's go down the the run, the rundown, the old rundown, the old rundown with Mister Miles Treese joining the show right now. As he just now disappears from the screen, he's not happy about that decision. But uh, the NFL, uh, with some other things that we're going to talk about after that, Treese Sivia. We haven't done them in a while, but damn, to come back and do it, that was a heck of a list there by Trees. <laughs> um, other things that we're going to go into, we're going to talk about the Monday night game that happened between the Jets and the New England Patriots. I have kind of not necessarily a hot take on it, but some, definitely some thoughts. Christian McCaffrey was back in the mix. The Falcons are moving on from a former first-round edge rusher that they took. Richard Sherman and Nick Chubb, some updates on their injuries. And then, like I said, to start the show, Big Ben um, was placed on the COVID list due to Vance McDonald testing positive. Uh, so that's kind of the update there. But before we get into all that, we have to talk about the uh, the award. Um, I guess that you could say there was a change in the NFL and a grants among the owners um, in the league that if a team or a franchise was to hire a minority person of color, head coach, or front office executive um, for that team grooming them. So a prime example of this is the Kansas City Chiefs. Their offensive coordinator is Eric Bieniemy. He is a black man. He is very good at his job, and he has been groomed by the Kansas City Chiefs up the ladder, the coaching ladder, and is now their offensive coordinator and is atop the coaching candidates for coaches that could be hired next season. If he is, not even is, when he is, the Chiefs will be awarded multiple third-round draft picks, compensatory picks. I can't, for some reason, say that word. So, Trace, if you can fill in and say it, they'll get two third-round compensatory picks. You're right. So, Thank you. So, yes, okay. third, but not in the same year. Right, like that. Let's make sure we're clear there. Like, so they would get one. Yeah. So next year it would be they'd get 2021 and 2022 draft. So yep. it's not like they're getting back to back picks in the late third round. So. Yep, and it's the same thing with like uh, people getting executive or front office jobs, where it's like if you're a head of scouting, but then you get a general manager job, the team that you just left will also get a third round compensatory pick for the future. So. I think that's awesome by the NFL. Some people are upset with it. Some people think it's almost racist for the NFL to do that in a way of like, why would you reward or it's just going to be, you know, more initiative to hire black coaches or, you know, they're only going to do it so they can get more draft picks. Do you know what? At least people are getting a fair chance. And it's not just because, oh, me and you were late. I'm friends and family with you. I'm going to give you the job because honestly, that's what the NFL is. We've seen it happen multiple times. When Norv Turner went to Carolina, Norv Turner took him and about his 67 sons that he have, and they were all offensive-minded or all offensive coaches as well on the team and got their start in the NFL. Who knows how many other coaches that are out there that are qualified and better for the job that didn't get it. This is another one of those things where it just gives coaches the opportunity, and I just think that's awesome. So this is good on the NFL. I think this is great. I love it. We're going to see more coaches, you know, that have a relationship with the players, that are more player-styled coaches, that have an understanding of the game that just aren't doing it because they're related to somebody. So, Therese, again, this is something we haven't really talked about, but I think that's a great move by the NFL. Yeah, I do too. I think it's fantastic. I think it shows that, I mean, it shows that people haven't gotten fair shots with how many white coaches and executives there are. Um, 
So, I mean, it's been clearly very unfair. So I think this is awesome. Um, and really, it's like it's a couple third round picks. It's not like it's not like they're giving teams first round picks for this. It's not. It's not the biggest game changer. Yes, does it help? Sure. Or they wouldn't do it, right? Like they, it wouldn't be a thing. Uh, but it needs to be done. It really does. And maybe, maybe in a few years, once we realize, hey, we were making mistakes on not hiring a minority. Um, maybe they take this rule away. Maybe they go, hey, we don't need this anymore. So exactly. I'm all for it. Yeah, I think I think it's awesome again. So moving on from that, uh, the Monday night game between the fantastic, wonderful, amazing New York Jets, New Jersey Jets. Uh, they lose a tight one to the New England Patriots. And this was a game that they were winning, you know. And I think they were going to win the game. And then Joe Douglas comes up from the booth and was like, hey, we're trying to lose. Like, don't forget, if we win this game, we don't have the first pick. Like, there's a possibility, like, we lose even more with a win. Mess it up. And it you could just kind of tell with the defense that they just gave up. Like, they just stopped. They let the Patriots march down the field. There's no reason, and I know you're in the heat of the moment. It's just kind of one of those plays that you make, but eight seconds left on the clock, Patriots throw the ball in the middle of the field. Then you go and down that player. Like, let the clock run out. Don't, like, stand around them. You don't have to touch them. Like, you don't have to two-hand touch to down them with three seconds left so the Patriots can call a timeout. No, let the clock run out. You win the game, and you beat a division rival. Nope. Jets are going to Jets. Exactly what the rundown says, and I couldn't agree more. The Jets should have won that game last night, though. Yeah, they really should have. Um, I didn't watch basically any of this game because I was driving, uh, but I was getting updates on my phone, and I was freaking out that they were winning. Uh, because, yes, if they won, the Jags would have moved in to the number one pick. Just like that. And it would have been awesome because the Jags have the second hardest schedule the remaining way in the NFL, which includes playing the Packers this weekend. I think the Ravens the following week. They still got the Titans again. Yeah, it's it's going to get ugly. So I was like, you win, Jets. Win one. Just win yep. one. That's all. That's all you need because Jags aren't winning another. So yeah, to your point though, good for them. Um, I'm actually now with that. I actually just don't see how they can like mentally come back and actually win any games. I think that I think it's pretty safe to say that the Jets will go 0-16 at this point, and that's a bummer. Jags finally have a year where they only win one game because they're notorious for <laughs> winning like three or four to, to be in that like six spot. Finally only win one, and there you go. They're going to end up the number two pick. So, um, given, hey, yes, I want Trevor Lawrence, but guys like Justin Fields are fantastic choices. I would cannot say I would not be excited about having Justin Fields. Um, and I do not want Zach Wilson from BYU. I know everybody's on that hype train what? right now, but I do not you want You don't him. want the Mormon Manziel? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want him, and it's it's probably the bias in me of Utah Utes. But um, and given, I will respect that he has improved his game amazingly and just a whole bunch this year. And I think that he's actually going to be a pretty good quarterback. But I need to see him play some actual real competition because I've watched him play against the Utes twice and get his ass kicked, and like his fault that they're on mistakes not like the entire team's just worse so uh, i just need to see it against better competition which is kind of why i'm rooting for them to you know keep winning and if they make it to the college football playoffs great like you're going to play some real defenses so excited to see that yep and with the jets speaking of that so they go on a bye week uh this next weekend and then they come back and they travel to los angeles to play the chargers then they get miami at home they get the las vegas raiders at home then they travel all the way across the country back-to-back -back weeks to play Seattle and the Los Angeles Rams. Damn, they might as well just move their team to L.A. or at least West Coast are going to be over there that much. Jesus. And then they get Cleveland at home, and then they end the year once again at New England. So, looking at that, I don't know if they sneak out a win, but the way they played last night, there's a possibility. And the defense, I think, can look at it and be like, you know what? We gave up. Like, that's on us. Maybe the defense makes some plays because it looks like they have something with Quentin Williams and another edge rusher whose name I cannot pronounce. And I'm not going to try it. 
But, like, the Jets' defense didn't look like absolute dog shit until the very end of the game, like the last drive. The offense wasn't bad being led by Joe Flacco. I'm not saying it was great. It wasn't pretty, but it wasn't awful. Like, the throws to Perriman and Denzel Mims, it's kind of exciting to see that for the Jets. Like, I was a Jets fan for one night, and I could not imagine being that every fucking week. Like, yeah. one night was enough for me. It'd be miserable. I mean, that's coming from a Jags I mean, fan. And I was going to say, you're a Jags fan, but damn. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think I actually, honestly, over the last, like, 10, 15 years, I mean, Jags, being a Jags fan has been worse than being a Jets fan, um, besides 2017, which was a fun year. But that's it. Uh, out of that schedule that you were just naming, the only game that I was like, I went, mm, maybe, was the Raiders game. See, same, but, like, watching Vegas play and the way Derek Carr has played the last two or three weeks, or last two or three games, I should say, he's putting the team on his back. 100%. He really is. But it's just one of those things about the Raiders where you're like, do you trust that they can be consistent? They are clearly a better team, but I don't believe that Vegas can be consistent week after week after week, hence why they are not leading that division or closer to the Chiefs right now, right? Like, given, yes, I know they beat the Chiefs, right? But... Again, they looked amazing against your Chiefs, and then and they looked amazing in the first half last week against the Chargers, and then the second half they just started playing worse and worse. And they well, obviously have yeah. a lot of they obviously have you know a fair amount of losses right now. What is their record right now? Are they four and four right now? The Raiders. The Raiders, uh, five and three. Five and three. See, so like even a little bit better than I thought. But then you go like they got walled by the Bucks. Um, who else did they lose to? Actually, they had a close win against the Bills, um, and then they got walloped by the Patriots. I don't know. It's just like I just can't trust and them that to be consistent. The Patriots early in the season where Cam Newton was healthy. Correct. So correct. So we'll see. Uh, I I mean that's probably wrong. Like in two weeks when they're playing or three weeks whenever that was, I'm probably going to be like, yeah, there's no way the Jets win. <laughs> Do you know what? Like they could come off the bye against the Chargers. Like we can't. <clears throat> like yes, we just talked Justin Herbert up. Like we just did that on Tree City, and I picked him number one out of those stats. Great, dude's playing awesome. Chargers haven't been good. It's also true. You know what I mean? And the Jets are coming off a bye. I'm not predicting it. But I am saying there's a possibility. Like, that's it. Like, ooh, we just lost a close one to New England. I've already come out and said, hey, maybe the Jets just try to major league this thing and say, fuck you, front office, like, ownership. Like, we want – you know what I mean? We don't want to lose. Yeah. We don't want to be the reason things get changed up or we lose our jobs. At least that's the way I would like to think it – how I would be personally if I was on a team. I wouldn't want to lose or be losing on purpose. So maybe you come off the bye and I was like, man, we lost a close one, pooped the bed the way they ended that game. Let's go to the bye, relax, come in, having some fun. We at least had we had a little bit of a like, glimpse at a win. Let's go get it against the Chargers in L.A. and then have some fun. I will say, I think Greg Williams has a pretty good track record of slowing down rookie quarterbacks as well. I don't have that stat off the top of my head, but I want to say that I remember hearing that a couple weeks ago, but I could be wrong. Anyways, um, so it's a tough schedule. When it's all I'm, of a I'm just happy that's what you said, and it wasn't any other jokes about Greg Williams. Ah, uh, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, Richard Sherman and Nick Chubb might be coming back from injury this next week. If you're the 49ers, you love seeing at least someone good coming back to your defense. And if you're Cleveland Browns with Nick Chubb, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you're excited to have him, but like Kareem Hunt hasn't been bad. No, he hasn't, but they, they're clearly missing something without Chubb. Like, I think Hunt is just so much better as that number. And, yes, I think Nick Chubb, or I mean, sorry, Kareem Hunt can be a number one. He has proven that he can be. But I think right now, the way this offense rolls, I think he's best suited to be a number two. And I think that what Nick Chubb brings uh, just makes it so the versatility of Hunt comes in later on. So I'm going to say that's a huge, huge thing for them. Uh for Sherman, yeah, again, like they just need better players, right? Like they just need healthy players to be on that field. So, and a lot of people are thinking, okay, the Niners are out of this. They're not out of the playoff race. They're really not. I think they're one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. They're the eight seed right now. And again, seven teams make the playoffs this year. They are one game behind the Chicago Bears. You think that the Niners don't think that they have a chance? They're like, hey, we're a 
Moster and Richard Sherman away from winning a couple of these games. And just like that, we're back into that seven seed. Yes, you're not going to get guys like Bosa back this year. You're not. He's torn ACL. But I think that this team thinks they have enough talent to win some games. I mean, I want to say, like, at this point, maybe you just kiss it goodbye and try and get yourself a good draft pick, maybe land a quarterback. But at the same time, Kyle Shanahan's like, fuck it, dude. Let's go win some football games. Like, Kyle Shanahan doesn't like losing. I mean, no one likes losing. But you can tell, like, Kyle Shanahan's just another beast. He is. He's just a different animal within himself. He's like, I don't want to have a losing record. Like, I don't like the feeling. He had one season of it, and he's like, don't want to do it again. For sure. I, I, I don't blame him. I couldn't blame him. Um Another big name, or I shouldn't say big name, but an, another name that has been released uh, by the Falcons is Tack McKinley, um, a former first-round draft pick. If you are unfamiliar, this is a guy who came onto the stage after being drafted with a giant framed picture of his grandma, um, who is deceased, uh, and then he cussed on camera as well. The Falcons tried to make it work. It just wasn't happening. He kept saying he wanted to be traded. They tried to trade him. I don't know if they tried. They didn't trade him. He comes out on social media, upset, says some things about the Falcons. The Falcons then later release him. Um, Things just aren't looking good in Atlanta. I know they just picked up a big win against the Broncos. The Broncos almost came back with that. That's a game that we'll talk a little bit about. Um here in a second but like Tack McKinley being released by the Falcons looking at like possible landing spots I just don't know personally I would like to see it maybe in Kansas City just because they need edge rush and this isn't just me being a Chiefs fan like ooh, fresh player on the market let's go get him it's last week playing Carolina on Sunday the Chiefs struggled to set the edge opposite of Frank Clark now the Chiefs would like to have a bigger end player on that end I understand that and I get it but if you can get someone that can at least hold the edge and be happy playing football again in Kansas City for a Super Bowl team, you might get that at attack McKinley, but with Alex Okafor being injured and Tino Passino not being the quality player you want, the opposite of Frank Clark, maybe you just kind of dip your toes in the water and see what you can get on a a very end, low-end deal. Yeah. I don't think that he makes it that far as the thing because they're like 31 on the waivers right now. Um I don't know if anybody in the top like five to seven would go after him. I mean, I would love for the Jags to go after him again because they just need it. And Caleb on chase on has been just a complete disaster this year. Uh, like this, this last week, he only played 18 snaps. He's been so bad. Uh, but the Niners are a good choice. I think Minnesota is a good choice. Detroit could be interested in them. And then you start getting into just that upper tier guys. Um, would the Dolphins be interested? Not Dolphins, actually. Would Cleveland be interested? Um, Seattle would be has to be interested in him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a there's a few teams. I mean, he has like 17 or 18 sacks. Uh, he you in know his he, career. He, yeah, he can get he can get some sacks. And I think expect, he's got 17 and a half sacks. In his 17 career. and a half. Yeah, and that's in three and a half years. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean... Well, it was about five six. a year. Yeah, it's yeah, like five six. to six. But again, like, look what look what Terrell Suggs did for you guys last year, right? Like, exactly. Terrell Suggs was, Suggs was a, you know, a three to five sack type guy last year. So, could be huge. It most definitely could. Um, <laughs> that, okay. Christian McCaffrey was back to ruin opponents in fantasy, but is hurt again. Trees, just go with it. Just go. Yeah, I played him, and he just destroyed me. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Second lo- like my team's been dominating, even with all the injuries I've had, and then he comes in, and I just had a rough week. You know those weeks where, you're like, literally nobody on your team scores a touchdown, and it's just like, what's going on? Like, and it happens. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. I didn't have guys, like, leave with injuries. They just – they had some yards, but just – Never found the end zone, so yeah. I had a I had a bad week. So speaking I mean, you, of fantasy, last week, sorry, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, I had one fantasy team score like 160 points. I had on this is on Sunday afternoon, like going into Sunday night football. Every player I had just exploded. I look at another league, 36 points. <laughs> I was livid. It's like how I had two more. I had what four other. 
yeah, three or four other guys play. One was a defense on like a kicker. So I ended up getting, you know, an extra 20 points or so. But it just was awful. Absolutely awful. Yeah. Those are always – it's just a struggle, right, like to have that type of stuff happen. But, I mean, overall, you hope that he's okay. You really do. Um, but it, I think he got hurt. I mean, I know you talked about like you think you remember the play. But I think it was when he was just trying to reach outside to go to get out of bounds with just a couple seconds left. I think that's when he really actually hurt himself. So I thought it seemed like he kind of hurt it maybe earlier in the game. Maybe that's when it like really, really stuck out for him. But I do recall the he ran a Texas route, which is coming out of the back, the backfield. You just angle up to the outside the tackle, and then you cut directly across the front of the linebacker's face. Um, people run it in Madden all the time. It's like a guaranteed reception for the running back. If you do it, if you play Madden, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um he runs that play. He beats Daniel Sorensen off the cut, catches the ball, and then Sorensen is able to track him down and just slams his body. Um, and you see McCaffrey just kind of like fold over the way he lands on his side. And it was like right then and there, I was like, ooh, that hurt him. Like it wasn't clear like McCaffrey's injured, but you could tell it was just like one of those shots that changed, you know, maybe the mindset of Christian McCaffrey. Like, okay, yep, that stung. Welcome back, kid. Um, but, I mean, the Carolina Panthers, I guess we'll just kind of do a little dive into this for the Chiefs game. The Carolina Panthers played the Chiefs well. Like, they were beating the Chiefs in their own type of plays on offense with speed. You know, they were getting the end arounds. They were getting the runs up the middle. They were getting some of those shots across the middle of the field and outside the hash marks. Like, the Panthers played the Chiefs very, very well, and they attacked Honey Badger. Like, they went after Tyron Matthew and was like, we're going to go to Robbie Anderson. We're going to go to DJ Moore. Curtis Samuel, have yourself a fucking day. Speaking of fantasy, dude put up like 25 points in some leagues. So I enjoyed watching that game. Was I nervous at the end? Most definitely. I'm glad it was a windy day in Arrowhead because the guy had the leg for the 67-yard field goal. Like, it was there. Oh, for sure it was. So little pat on my back uh, here about how many times I told everybody on this podcast to take Curtis Samuel late in fantasy drafts because he is no longer the deep threat. That's Robbie Anderson. Now you can use Samuel on jet sweeps, and I said short crossing routes, which is exactly what he beat you guys on. So um, I will say like it was extremely frustrating, and I'm not even a Chiefs fan, watching how they were trying to guard Christian McCaffrey. And I get Christian McCaffrey is literally possibly the best athlete in the NFL. <laughs> like, he is unbelievable. But you guys are putting, like, hitchens and shit on him. Like, yes. what are you guys doing? And, like, just, like, dropping back and, like, giving him, like, hey, we're going to let him catch this for four yards and then we think we're going to be able to jump up and tackle him. No, like, Christian McCaffrey has shown that he will break anybody's ankles or possibly run you over like why are you giving him this like space to just do whatever he wants and i really felt like the chiefs right okay we're gonna, we're gonna just settle for these like three to five yard gains for him and but every time he turned it into 11 or 12 yard gains every time so i think within that maybe the mindset was like all right anthony we're gonna have you in on these situations so if they do run you plug up the middle because he is their best run defended linebacker but it was almost as if the Panthers like, Anthony Hitchens on the field? Yeah, uh, apple, apple. We're going to change out of this. Let's change. And uh, now we're going to throw to him. Good luck trying to cover him. That's kind of what it felt like the more and more I watched the game. I was like, Anthony Hitchens is covering me. We're going to throw you the ball. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it was it was frustrating to watch. Um, but it was honestly pretty shocking that they were able to do all this with uh, DJ Moore just not being involved at all. Like yes. he, he had two catches for 18 yards. I think he only had th four targets all game. Maybe it was only three. Like they mm -hmm. just, they were able to compete with you guys with it just being Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, C CMC. And it's crazy that we're like naming off these guys. Like this offense can be so good. <laughs> like this Panthers yeah. offense, like they have so much talent on it. It's crazy. Give them a better offensive line. And we're going to start talking to them as one of the best offenses in the NFL in a short yeah. amount of time and I know the Chiefs offense like put up points it's what they do but like that defense at times they are young like that there's a it's a young defensive front there's some young secondary players there's I mean the foundation is set there for the future in Carolina especially if you're able to keep on to Joe Brady for as long as you possibly can 
it's going to be fun to be a Car- or excuse me, it is fun to be a Carolina Panthers fan, and it's going to be even more fun later down the road when they kind of get everything figured out. And I've come on here before, and I've said that I didn't think Teddy Bridgewater was a guy of the future. Once again, Treese has proven that to be true. Uh, I do think he probably has a couple years there as the quarterback for the Panthers. But, yeah, it was, a, it was a hell of a game on Sunday. One game that was not hell of a game was Sunday night football. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles game last Sunday night was more exciting than the one that we watched this, this week. That was awful. What the fuck, Tom Brady? I know it's not your fault. You did throw some interceptions. Worst game of your possible <clears throat> career. This offense that we were just so excited about with Antonio Brown coming in, not necessarily excited about Antonio Brown, but you just add another weapon like that to the team, we thought this was going to be a back-and-forth game. Nope, Saints play all three quarterbacks. Jameis Winston got snaps. That's when you know it's a problem. Mr. LASIK got snaps. Not good. Yeah, it's really not. Um, and yeah, I actually think a lot of that loss is on Tom Brady, for the record. <laughs> um, uh, he played like dog shit, and he threw it to Mike Evans when he was guarded, and then when he was open, he did not throw it to him. That's uh, not sound logic there. And so yes, bad quarterback play. <laughs> yes. So yes, that is me talking shit to the GOAT. Yes, that is me. Yeah, just this little dude from Utah. So, be that um, guy. Yeah, I'm trying not to be that guy. He just, he just played a bad game. Like, it happens. He had a bad game. Uh, the game plan was bad from the whole Bucks team. Like, they played this weird defense of, like, we're only playing zone and, like, it's going to be this, like, soft zone in a sense. I don't know. Like, it just it seemed weird. Uh, it was nice to see Michael Thomas back out there and actually get a lot of snaps for it being bad weather. I thought that he might get uh, a little bit less, but – he got less just because they were up by so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, they beat this team like with Kamara doing nothing and Michael Thomas coming in and having 50 yards. <laughs> right? Like it's crazy that they just they just dominated them. Uh, this was the first time Tom Brady had ever been swept by a division opponent in the same year. So, uh, hey, this isn't the AFC East anymore, folks. You don't get to play the Dolphins and the Jets every year. <laughs> so, um, it's crazy though. Like it, like a lot of people like want to make it like this Belichick versus Tom Brady thing. Who who can be more successful? Dude, maybe they just need each other. Like maybe it's that's that's just the answer. Like they may just need each other. And Tom Brady's yeah. been good this year, right? Right? Like he's like fourth or fifth in touchdown uh, passes. I think like he's been good. I, I'm gonna chalk it down to just a bad game more than anything. But it is concerning that. Like, you get whooped on by this defense twice now. Like, twice in the first half of the season. There are going to be other defenses that have the type of talent that this team has. Like, this Saints defense is very talented. They have some good players. But let's not act like this is, you know, one of those elite defenses. That 2018 or 19 Bears team, for example. Like, it's not that good. So... Um, going to be interesting to see how they respond. Buck's still making the playoffs, everybody. Like, don't don't worry about that. We're still going to see Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yeah, but, I mean, they're not going to win the division now, though, no. right? Like, no way. Yeah. So within that is like, yes, Tom Brady had a bad game, but like, I also want to give some praise to the Saints' defense. Like, when they needed to get pressure, they got pressure. Like, at whatever will they want, it was like, go sack the quarterback. Dope. See you there. And it was like they would have a race. You know what I mean? It was kind of what I said last week about a team. It was like, hey, we're just going to drop back and we're just going to have a meeting at the quarterback. Let's see if you can get there first. And it just that's what it was like for Tom Brady. He didn't have time in the pocket. And then when he did, he was so worried about the pass rush that he was inaccurate downfield and would force balls through. But the Saints defense played like we all expected them to when the year started. Like this defense finally lived up to those expectations took you nine weeks to do it. I get it. It's what the Chiefs did last year on their way to a Super Bowl. But in saying that, I did predict the New Orleans Saints and the Kansas City Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl. Still a real chance that that happens. For Just sure. Saying. Yeah, no, absolutely. And maybe this is better for the Saints. Like the last couple of years when they've been 
that number one seed in the NFC, like they've had like a rough like week one and then they just dominate the rest of the way. And maybe they're just not used to like having that adversity. And maybe this is what they needed. Maybe they needed to have a rough first like six weeks and not have their number one wide receiver for a few weeks and have to be more creative on offense. So in case if somebody does come and shut down Michael Thomas, you're like, oh, we have this plan and we know how to do this. Because uh, at times the last couple of playoffs, it kind of seemed like they didn't have a backup plan if either Kamara or Michael Thomas got shut down. It was like, we need both of them to go off every single game or we don't have a shot. So uh, I'm super excited about the Saints. I would love to see Saints versus Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. I know that I know that Seattle just had a very, very rough outing and they need to do something to fix that defensive backfield like they really do. But they're starting to get pressure more and that's going to start causing some headaches for teams. I think that they are going to find a way to get into his own like Pete Carroll's a smart guy he's going to be able to figure out the defense um so I'm not I'm not too worried about that uh bad performance they had but kind of just segueing into that game Uh, exactly Josh Allen I mean we I've been saying for two weeks that it's a a, uh uh-oh nine and seven type year um again and I mean shut that down real quick uh fantastic game from looking like he did in the first month of the season so good for him like seriously so awesome to see him recover and it seems like Zach Moss is kind of taking over that lead running back role for the Bills I think Singletary's going back to that uh backup spot yeah and you know this is something I kind of talked about in my power rankings article is like every time an AFC East team has played the NFC West team the AFC East has kind of been favoring those matchups the Dolphins, they went 3-1 and one against the NFC West. Like, they've already played all four of those games. They hung in there with Seattle through the majority of that game, and then Seattle got a late turnover and went and scored off of it. But, like, Buffalo, they come in, Seattle, that cross-trip country, or excuse me, that cross-country trip, maybe this plays a part into it, but, like, Seattle coming all the way over to Buffalo, that is quite the trek. And I know we, you know, Tracy, you just praised Josh Allen there, but at the same time, like, that defense finally stepped up. Yeah. Like, Tredavious White had a big interception. The fact that they were able to force another three turnovers, like Russell Wilson had three interceptions, I believe. Um, was, it two, was it two or three? He had multiple interceptions. That's it. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. But, like, the defense was able to force those turnovers and then put the offense in good field position. It was kind of like what we saw with Buffalo playing Tennessee. You know what I mean? Like, Tennessee was able to get so many turnovers, and then they just have, what, 30 yards to go score? Kind of makes you more motivated, you know, to play better on an offensive side of the ball. And I know some people hear that, and they think, okay, they're NFL players. They should be motivated to score at any time. But when you get the ball at the 45-yard line on your side of the field or on the opposing team side of the field, it is so much easier to go score there than it is when you're on your own 20. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not as long a field to go, and – it's like, hey, let's go score. Let's do this quick. Let's go sit our asses back down on the bench and have some fun, crack some jokes. Now, speaking of Buffalo within that, they get Arizona next week. They travel to Arizona, and then they go on a bye. So within that, after the bye week, they get the Los Angeles Chargers at home. They then go to San Francisco. They get Pittsburgh at home. They go to Denver. Then they go to New England, and then they get Miami at home. So that next, what, one, next three or four weeks – that's quite a bit of traveling within that to go to air to go to the West Coast, come back home. You get a week off. You're there. You go back to the West Coast. You get Pittsburgh at home, and then you go to Mountain Time to Denver. That's quite a bit of traveling there to end the year for Buffalo. So that is something I kind of take a deeper look into because that is tiring. That is an exhausting trip to be up in the air, back down, and then moving and going. Especially when you put Denver in the mix there. There's a possibility like. Buffalo still hits that 9-7 and seven mark, and we're kind of looking at him through the next couple of weeks like, what is this team? We still haven't figured it out. While the Miami Dolphins, the rest of their schedule, not saying it's super easy, but at the same time, Chargers, Denver, Jets, Bengals, Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders, Buffalo, there's some more wins in there. Like The, the AFC East is not just set for the, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the bill or not the bills the dolphins are for sure in this so it's gonna be interesting um i was trying to like do the math in my head of how many wins and losses that was but you named off those opponents really fast um uh, 
But for sure, were more losses, I think, in that Bills schedule than that Dolphins schedule. So it would be crazy if it came down to that Week 17 matchup between those two. Um, I personally think that the Bills will probably have like a two-game lead going into that, so they'll probably just be out of reach. But uh, awesome for the Dolphins to be already in it, right? Like that, like they're yeah. already competing. And let's not forget, they get the Houston Texans' first-round pick this year, which is right now is predicted to be pick six i think six or seven like they're already they're gonna get a top 10 pick without even having to trade anything in so um just awesome for the dolphins they're really building something the foundation is set there for sure um just kind of looking through some of these other games for week nine uh we usually save it for the end but let's just kind of do it now against the spread player prop bets uh just talk about an awful week for myself we already talked about the sunday night game a little bit not a good week for me. I am usually a very over-the-top over guy. I'm smashing the over on nearly everybody. I did that this week as well, thinking this was going to be a back-and-forth game. And the only over I hit was Mike Evans receiving yards, and I still don't understand how I did that because the Bucks never had the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's that garbage time points, man. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a struggle for you. You going uh, two and four. I ended up going four and two. So uh, I had a one-game lead on you already on player prop bets. You know, give me another two. I got a three-game lead on you now. Um, for the, Against the spread, uh, I have a two-game lead on you right now. So uh, we both we both really struggled this week when it came to uh, player – or, I mean, the spread. But I was actually looking at a lot of people that, like, I follow that do gamble and stuff. And – it felt like everybody was like, man, I struggled this week. I didn't oh. I didn't see anybody that was like, I dominated. Like, it was just tough, right? Like, nobody had the Jags covering Houston at seven. Like, mm-hmm. Bills had been playing like garbage, so everybody had the Seahawks, right? Like, the Chiefs had just been dominating, so, like, why not have the Panthers not win by 11 or not lose by 11, sorry. Uh, you know, stuff like that. The Steelers, obviously, even at 14, I think everybody felt comfortable with that. Uh, Dolphins, again, with that upset win over the Cardinals. And then the Saints, I think that one was more 50-50 just because 5.5 was a big number. Um, and then, obviously, the Patriots. I think everybody had the Patriots yep. covering by 7. Like Those are all things that, I mean, people thought were kind of just chalk, and they for sure were not. Yeah, and I mean, another couple games like to throw in that mix, the Broncos and Falcons. I thought the Broncos would easily win that game. I shouldn't say easily, but like, I thought they'd be more competitive up until like the last quarter. Like, I just felt like the Bron- anything that could have gone wrong for the Broncos within the first half pretty much did. So, to me, that was kind of one of those things where I was like, ah, damn it. Uh, the Bears-Titans game was surprising, and then the Colts-Ravens. I don't know how far you want to get into this. I actually picked the Colts to win this game. You did, yes. And damn, let me tell you, I was fucking close. You were. I have to give props. The the final score, looking at the final score, it's not close. But up until like that last drive or two, Baltimore's defense stepped up. And they took away anything for Phillip Rivers on that offense. And the play calling also just went to trash. Like it was just shit calls. It was like, you know what? Second eight, send everyone down the fucking field. Third and eight, same shit. I was like, bruh, hit someone underneath and get a first down. It just didn't happen. Bam, Colts lose. But to the Ravens, and something I've been saying all offseason, I said it last year, and I got shit for it all over Twitter. People just chewed me out, saying I don't know what I'm talking about, and I don't watch games. Fuck you. Yes, I do. Lamar Jackson is not going to win you games throwing the ball. And we saw that again against the Colts. Like, He's if he's not running, he's not winning games. Like that's it. Like that's the bottom line. At some point, you're gonna have to rely on him to throw, and he's not. You're looking at another first round loss in the playoffs. I'm saying it now. Fucking calling it. I will say that is not the case this year. Um, but I mean, we'll see, right? Like again, I I said this a couple weeks ago. Like I can't really defend it anymore because he just keeps losing these games. So I can't really defend it, but. My gut tells me that they don't lose first round this year. I'm not saying that they go to the Super Bowl because I didn't have them in the Super Bowl. I had the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So, uh, But I do think that they win a game. I think that this team is just, especially the defense, I just think it's too loaded that it's going to cause havoc for other teams. So I think that it, I think they will always be in close games where he can run it. Um, and, yeah, he's going to, he, no matter what, he's going to have to make a throw or two. Like it, That's just the, how it's going to have to be. 
but I yep. think he's going to be able to. So, again, we'll, we'll disagree on it until the time comes that our playoffs, playoffs start, right? Not so. forgetting this conversation. This is one I'm remembering. So when we get there and you go, remember what I said, Austin? I'll be like, yes, I do. What did I say? Remember where you were at as the plant hides behind your right <laughs> shoulder. <laughs> what? Okay, perfect. Love it. Um, all right. I think that kind of does it for us. Uh, next week or next episode, I mean, which is tomorrow, uh, we will break down <laughs> some games. Uh, by that point, we will know where Tech McKinley is going, most likely, because I'm assuming he is going to get picked up on waivers. Um, if not, then we'll be talking about that. Uh, I'm sure there will be more COVID news because it seems like every other day uh, we're getting more COVID news of people having to sit out of practice and whatnot. So uh, it's going to be fun and look forward to it, Austin. And um, I just want to do this before we leave. Um, Huge shout out to Riley. Um, He's been on our social media kind of trying to get everything more involved, get all all fan bases involved. And so, uh, Ry, we appreciate it. We recognize it. Just want to let you know we appreciate you, man. You better believe it. I haven't talked to him in a while. Hope he's doing okay. He's alive, ain't he? <laughs> I hope so. Or I don't. Or I don't know who's on our. <laughs> I don't know who's on our social media. Uh, but uh, that does it for us tonight. We appreciate each and every one of you. And tonight we've been talking football.